transitioning from uh, being in academia as a practicing infectious disease and HIV specialist uh, and clinical researcher, uh, it really ended up being a natural transition uh, from clinical medicine to what I see as a very clinical-oriented part of our industry. Um, so, you know, we're, we're talking, we're generating science, we're talking about science, uh, we're um, uh, focused on making sure that clinicians and, and others have the right medical information. So these were all things that I think many of us as clinicians did in practice, and now to be able to move over to industry and be part of medical affairs, it was really very natural. So I've been in medical affairs now for over 18 years. And to your earlier point, profession has changed a lot. Um, you know, we, we uh, were sort of a, an ancillary part of the organization when we first started. Um, and, and medical affairs only started a little bit before that, a little over 20 years ago. And, uh, and now we are really an integral part of, of industry. Yes. Yeah, it seemed like even you know, seven, eight, eight years ago, a lot of times medical affairs people were maybe struggling to just, not struggling to justify what they were doing, but how do you quantify it? How do you qualify the impact? Um, what changes have you seen in that area as you're communicating you know, with your clinical colleagues or your commercial colleagues? And, and have you seen their perceptions change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, let me hone in on the word impact that you used, and I think that's critical to the success of any medical affairs organization in any company. You, you do need to demonstrate something that is impactful, and it's not just about numbers. I think we, we've gone from uh, a numbers game to uh, how do we show uh, tangible impact uh, in a qualitative way. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not dismissing the need for quantitative metrics, but it's really the qualitative metrics that make a difference for people. How did we in medical affairs uh, help achieve access of, to our medications? Uh, how do we help enable appropriate product adoption? Um, those are not the things that medical affairs were built on you know, 20 years ago. It was really more, did you, did you disseminate the information? Did you talk to, how many KOLs did you talk to? Um, you know, how many medical information responses went out? It, it was very much a doing organization uh, and not a, I'll call it a thinking or strategic organization. And, and now if you establish a, the, the function in your company as a strategic pillar, uh, of the organization, you will have a seat at the table. And you will uh, only get that if you are strategic and impactful. So uh, yeah, this, and I'd say that that really transition to medical affairs being in a prime role and a prime seat is probably really over the last, say, seven to eight years. Um, what's interesting is the job before this, I was uh, head of Medical Affairs Americas at GSK Consumer Health. And interestingly, medical affairs in the consumer side of the business is important as well, but is, or I, I found it to be behind where we are in innovative pharma side. 
So, and I think that they're just catching up and uh, they will get to the same place we are. It's just uh, a different business. And I think there um, they were viewed as, again, more of that doing function and not strategic function. So one of the things that I enjoyed while I was there was raising that bar and getting people to understand that we are strategic and we can do things that are very impactful. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you mentioned was access. And I mean, I remember this is a, a couple of years ago, but I was um, going to get my COVID shot, right? And I, it was at the time where it was really, it was hard to get. I was on a waiting list at a Rite Aid or something, and they, they called me up, and I was, I was just like ran over there to try to get there before it closed. And where I live in Philadelphia, um, it's definitely, it's in Germantown uh, is the name of the neighborhood. It's definitely a, a, like a mixed income area. And as I was there, I was so happy I got my shot, and I, you have to wait for the 15 minutes. And so I was just watching what was happening, and what I saw was, I think, six patients come up and try to fill prescriptions and walk away with no medicine because the co-pays were the co-pays were too high it wasn't covered properly et cetera, et cetera. and it was just this really kind of striking moment where i i was at that point so happy to be getting medicine right and, and getting this thing solved and watching also what lack of access does to people and who knows who knows what they had going on and so this idea of impact i how do you, and this is one of the things that actually MAPS talks about is, is kind of medical affairs as the repository for all of these different perspectives, because it's really complicated getting drugs to people. So when you're thinking about it from a strategic perspective, how are you sort of managing the interplay with access messaging, science, science messaging, you know, all of the other things that, that you need to be involved with in, in what you're talking to whomever you're talking to? Yeah, so um, let's talk about access. I agree. There's right. There's uh, there's access that is uh, inhibited by socioeconomic factors, and then there's access that's inhibited by uh, payer-related challenges and, for example, formulary status. And you know, the role of medical affairs is not to achieve formulary status, right? There's there's people in market access, which is usually in a commercial organization who are responsible for that. But how does medical affairs impact that access? We impact it, again, through the science. I mean, that's the beauty of medical affairs. It is a scientific function. And so we, in collaboration, another important capability of medical affairs professionals, will work with our market access colleagues and be part of those discussions with what some people call population-based decision makers, you know, people who make decisions for big groups of people. Um, and as part of those conversations, we're not there talking about pricing or anything like that. We're talking about the science. Why is it important that your patients, your customers uh, of, say, insurance company X, have access to this medication? In the same way, we'll talk to HCPs and KOLs about access uh, again, about in the same vein, you know, why is it important that um, they have access to this antibiotic? Uh, what is the difference it's going to make in terms of their outcome, in terms of hospital discharge or even hospital avoidance? Um, and so um, uh, it's, it's bringing that scientific expertise and acumen uh, to these discussions that enables access 
And then what I like to talk about even more these days is product adoption, because you can have access in a, in a health system, for example, but if clinicians don't understand how and why to use your product, it won't be adopted. And again, our, we, don't, we're not, we don't sell anything. We, we talk about the science. And that science, uh, if it's solid, if it's, if it's good, if it's well communicated, will hopefully help clinicians understand the, the potential value to the right patient at the right time. And, that, and that's, again, as a clinician, that just resonates really well with me because as clinicians, we have lots of, op lots of drugs and treatments that are available, but which is the right one for that individual patient? Can you explain a little more what you mean about the difference between product adoption and, and access? Mm. Yeah, so access is more, can a patient, if their doctor prescribes a medication, can they get it? Can, can it, can, if, if they bring the prescription to the pharmacy, will the pharmacy fill it? Um, and if it's not on formulary, they may not fill it, or they may fill it at a much higher price. So that's the access piece. And that's, to me, a bit more of a commercial part of how patients get drug or treatments. Mm -hmm. The adoption is different. The adoption is more about the utilization of the product. So, and it's really about HCP adoption. Um, healthcare provider adoption. Um, will they select or decide to use your product versus another product? And um, when they choose it, are they choosing it with a particular patient in mind? Because not every product is right for every patient. And I think we have to, again, say we stay rooted in that in medical affairs that, you know, we don't want every patient to get our drug necessarily, um, right? And how do we then help clinicians understand who it's right for? Um, and, and I think that's, a, uh, again, a high science nuanced discussion that we try to engage in through MSL scientific exchange, through medical publications, through medical education, and through other types of uh, tactics, if you will, that we can lead in medical affairs. It's not so much about getting the doctors to prescribe your drug, it's getting to prescribe the right drug. Um, yeah, that's right. Because and, at the end of the day, you know, again, this is a big part of what we talk about at MAPS, but it's also a big part of what I talk about with my team, which is at the end of the day, what we do is hopefully going to help and improve patient outcomes. That, that's yeah. really the, 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 the mission. Well, speaking of of maps, right? The collaboration between uh, companies is something that they identify in the, the future medical affairs report. It's a great report. I'll, I'll link it in the description. Uh, but they also talk about five areas of increasing importance, which uh, data dissemination and communication, external relationships, strategic insights, evidence generation, patient engagement. I'm just curious, Pete, which, which one are you most excited about and why? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a tough uh, choice to make amongst those uh, five uh, key areas, but I, I'm going to so I'm going to pick two. Um, I think strategic insights is a biggie. It's one that we've been talking about for now. I'd say the last uh, five six years. Um, this importance of uh, identifying through the work that we do in medical affairs 
uh, insights, uh, new nuggets of information that we can action, that can change our strategy and potentially then change our tactics um, to ultimately then provide customers, stakeholders, you know, HCPs, patients, payers, et cetera, with the information they need to make that access or product adoption decision. And we've been, we're getting better at it. I think we're identifying or collecting, let me say it this way, we're collecting a lot of data, but not all data are insights. And so we're getting better at going through all that data and mining it, but we, we need to go beyond that. Um, we, we need to uh, get better using technology to find those nuggets, uh, those, those actionable insights, and, and then spread them across the pharmaceutical industry infrastructure, meaning uh, to uh, early development, to clinical development, to, to commercial. They're not just insights for medical, they're insights from across uh, the, the infrastructure within, within the industry. And if we can do that, we can influence, you know, potentially portfolio decisions, early development decisions, uh, clinical trials and the right endpoints. Um, and, if, and if we do that, then hopefully we're delivering in the end better therapeutics, better technologies, uh, and, and influencing, again, the practice of medicine and improving patient outcomes. So that's the first one I'd say. I think the, the second one uh, is the patient engagement part. You know, this is a really interesting one because for years we, we, we talk about the patient a lot and we think about the patient a, a lot, but medical has never been able to really own the patient. You know, we, we, we gather information and insights about the patient through our interactions with HCPs, but we're, we're, we're still fairly removed from actually the patient themselves. Um, sometimes there's patient advocacy or organizations that are having those conversations. They, those often don't live in medical. Sometimes they do, but they often don't. Um, but even there, they're often talking to sort of patient representatives more than patients themselves. So what I'd like to see medical affairs do over the coming years is figure out to, to crack that nut and figure out how can we engage more with the patient directly. Not to tell them what to do, but really again, gain those insights, so back to the strategic insights part, so that we're developing the therapeutics that they need. We understand the challenges they have with their disease uh, and or their therapies um, and use that information to uh, ultimately uh, create better uh, tools for them to be successful with their uh, treatment of their conditions and diseases. The challenge is that, you know, there's a there's no really regulatory uh, precedence for how to do this. So I think we're going to have to work uh, to, to, to define that. Uh, so that we in medical affairs can get closer to the patient. Yeah, and it's interesting to me how intermingled it all is. So I had a client who was who had posted a patient registry uh, for the for a rare disease, and they're struggling on you know, how do we how do we get people there? And the question was, do we is it a problem on the patient side? Is it a problem on the provider side? And the answer is 
kind of both, right? They both need to understand why and the value to that particular audience of participating in order for it to work. So this idea of what's the most important thing, I understand why you said they're all important because they are all important and they all sort of go hand in glove. Um, and even, even the strategic insights, right? You can get strategic right. insights from talking to people. You can get it from observing their online behavior. You can get it from MSL feed, feedback. There's a million ways you can get it. And pharma companies are so big and have so many people working on it that it, it's almost by nature, there's gonna be pockets of information even within your own organization um, that would be helpful to that might not be easy to surface or, or things along those lines. How do you look, when you're thinking about strategic insights, are you, are you considering or factoring in, you know, within your own organization where there might be uh, areas of expertise that might be untapped or is it mainly out, outside going to the particular audiences? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say that it's looking at our medical strategy yeah. in the context of understanding the overall product strategy, because I think that's important. Where are their opportunities? to learn from the external environment what's most important uh, and, and what gaps and needs exist. Um, and by doing that, you can then set certain parameters uh, to listen, for information that relates to that strategy. You can then collect it in a way that you can start to digest it either manually, which I'd say, unfortunately, a lot of us are still doing versus using things like NLP and other AI related tools. Um, and, uh, and then try to surface those things that you can actually do something about. And, and that's the hard part is because there are so many data sources that need to come into play. You mentioned some of them. I'll throw some other ones out there, which is, you know, just the scientific literature. There's so much being published every single day. How do you pull in the insights from that? Social media. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of medical information in quotes, I want to say there, uh, that is uh, happening on social media, like Twitter, for example. How do you mine that? How do you collect that? It's all unstructured data. And so I think we have to get better, probably as an industry, but certainly in medical affairs, at pulling in all of these data sources uh, and uh, being able to uh, mine them to find the nuggets. Right. Yeah, you're looking for a needle in a gigantic yeah. digital yeah. stack. That's exactly um, right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, all right, I know that you have to run to another call. So let me just ask you a, a kind of concluding question here, which is um, what 
are thinking of the future, the near-term future, next next one to three years, what are you most excited about as it relates to, to medical affairs? Yeah, so um, I uh, love medical affairs, I think, as I probably said earlier on, and uh, I think the sky is the limit for medical affairs. So what I am excited about is to see the further evolution of medical affairs into this strategic powerhouse function that is highly impactful both internally and externally. Um, and uh, with that, I think will come even greater recognition, which I'd love to see also of the medical affairs function. Um, I'm also excited about this potential to get closer to the patient. Um, this kind of elusive goal that we've had that we talk a lot about. And, and again, I, I really think we need to crack that nut uh, and, and figure that out. Um, and then I think, um, you know, just uh, continuing to uh, help individuals and the function as a whole grow uh, and gain more competencies uh, that enable them and the function to be more impactful is super exciting to me. I think to me that that's really what MAPS is aiming to do. Uh, I try to do it internally in my own company, but MAPS as a big organization now uh, is really uh, continuing to, to further uh, that mission of raising the bar for medical affairs. And that's extremely exciting to me. And uh, I'm so grateful to be part of it. I love it. The focus on, on the patient is, um, I mean, that's the exciting point, part, right? Is seeing all this science being development or being development, being developed. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, in rare disease, somebody gets a drug to cure something at times that they thought was, a, was going to be with them the rest of their life or millions of other examples. And it's, it's really interesting. And I, I love sort of the, mix of science, some level of business acumen, some level of, there's all sorts of things in there. There's marketing, there's taking a message and understanding what's going to resonate, what's important, what needs to be included, what, what doesn't. And so it is clearly a strategic role because it's super complex um, and it's super impactful. Um, so with that, we'll, we can leave it there. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome, John. Thanks. I appreciate being part of this today.